welcome. What's up? Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Bold Women Podcast. We are in episode one of season two. Hey, everybody. Did you miss us? Did you miss us? We missed y'all for real. We did. I would I would love to record every single week and drop an episode That'd every single awesome. week, but rest is important. Rest so. is important. And I'm sure um, our producer Byron would not want to see us that much. I'm just kidding. I don't know. We're don't pretty know. neat. We're pretty neat. I don't know. Yeah. Welcome We're back, here. guys. We're here. We're so excited. Um, today we have a hot topic. Super Literally. Hot. Nice and toasty one. A toasty one. This is, okay, speaking of toast, oh. I found out recently that the numbers on a toaster are for the minutes that the toast is in the toaster, not for toastiness level, but for how long the toast is in. So I've heard. She was today years old when she decided. Did you know that? that? I did. You did know that. Mm. Get out. For real? Yeah, for real. I just thought it was like, oh, eight's a toastiest. Like, it's super toasty. Well, I mean, that'll get it burnt. Yeah. <laughs> I like dark toast. <laughs> okay, that's a whole other topic. Anyways, but yes, yeah, so we got a toasty topic today. Yeah, what are we talking about? We, um, Let's see, what do we got here? We got modesty in social media today. <laughs> oh, sheesh. All right. If there's anything that ever just screamed at people, this is, this is going to be it. This is a nice welcome back. Right. Let's just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. So the way that I kind of wanted to approach this at first was like, okay, we can talk about modesty and we can talk about all of that. But what I would like to know is what do other cultures, what do other countries first like say about that? So yeah, I looked up on a, let's see, I found an article from like November of 2022 uh, let's see. It was called uh, the website was the travel.com. And so I'm essentially reading from that. Okay. Um, but just some interesting dress codes. So here's some good tips. If you want to travel to any of these places that I have listed off here and I apologize if I mess up the pronunciation it's of okay. some of them, you're trying first off. Yep. As I think that's what I'm going to say. I'm going with that as Watini. So no mini skirts or pants for women in the small Southern African country. Uh, not clear how much it's enforced and says it's unlikely to enforce the rule on tourists, but that's apparently a thing there. That's interesting. Cause when I was in Tanzania, um, it was very, it was similar. Um, we could not wear pants and we had, well, we had to wear long skirts and oftentimes we had to wear two because if you had any, you could see any way, shape, or form outline oh. of just like what it, of, of what any it, garments of any. Yeah. So it. it was, it was very um, similar to, to that. It's just seeing like the small Southern African country. I know Tanzania is not in Southern Africa, but it's um, more like Middle Eastern Africa, but just similar. Okay. So in France, it was technically illegal for women to wear trousers or pants in France. <laughs> Okay, I know that rhymes. <laughs> Until the, apparently it was a law that was just like sitting there in the books for a really long time. Nobody really did anything about it. Um, and it was finally removed in 2013. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just on there for a while. <laughs> I was like, but I, I mean, I was in France and I definitely wore 
pants. Did you wear pants in France? I was definitely in pants in France. It was it was February, so it was cold. So, yeah. Um, in North Korea, big shock. Western style clothing not allowed. So the and um, they can only choose haircut styles that are have been approved by the government, and oh. hair should be neat. Um, women caught wearing jeans or trousers can be punished or fined. It does not say how they would be punished, though. So, yeah, about that. Okay, yeah. All right, North Korea coming in a little hot there. In Saudi Arabia, I think it's pronounced abayas, abayas. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. The only other language that I'm familiar with is Spanish, so I'm probably going to try and put a Spanish, Spanish spin on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, don't know. Okay, so that and headscarves are mandatory for women. Uh, men caught in feminine clothing and behaving like a woman are subject to punishment. Those specifics were not given. Uh, rules have been relaxed a little for tourists, but they are encouraged to be careful and modest. Um, in Cinque Terre, Italy. Oh, that was good. I don't know if that's right, but sounded good. Tourists with inappropriate footwear will be fined. Um, so avoid wearing heels, sandals, and flip flops. And basically, this was instated so that uh, uh, for safety reasons to oh. keep people from. I wonder if they just had like tripping, an excessive falls. amount, yeah, of people like, going into hospitals for like, yeah, I mean, racking their feet. Yeah, let me tell you. Walking around all that cobblestone is no joke, and I don't know how anybody would wear heels in Rome, first of all. But anywhere else, if there's cobblestone, which would probably be in worse shape because it's older or, you know, not as... Not as... I'm thinking about even trying to wear heels on old sidewalk, and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, this is like cobblestone where it's like yeah. three inches by three inches. It's no, that'd be so awful. bad. You had- and it's all uneven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing about France, um, face covering is illegal. Burkas were banned in 2010, along with motorcycle helmets and hoods, which is an interesting addition. Uh, this has brought about a lot of criticism. Go figure. Citing discrimination toward uh, Muslim women. women. Blah, 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 blah. Can I talk today? Um, in Uganda, there is no, quote, indecent dressing, unquote. Uh, it does not expand upon that. Uh, local women are required to follow strict dressing rules and may face arrest for wearing skirts that go above the knee. Tourists should avoid skirts and shorts that go above the knee as well. And Meteora, Greece, there are a lot of Catholic churches here. Um, they all requiring covering of the legs and arms in the Maldives, um, revealing Western-style swimwear is not welcome in this Muslim country and should be limited to resorts and bikini beaches. Um, public beaches are specifically for covered locals. That's so interesting because it's super huge tourist spot. Yeah, so there's like specific places where you can do that, but if you go to like a public beach public for the people that live something. there, they don't want you when I feel like typically flaunting well, yourself in your bikini. Yeah, well, and I feel like typically from what I'm aware, when people go, they're usually like, in a resort, like they're not just going for like the public beach access. Yeah, or there's those like overwater. Those little overwater cabana things that are beautiful. Beautiful, but I heard they can be bad. No. Well, just because I heard that they can be like smelly. No. Yeah. I don't know, because I think they have like septic tanks or something and it's not like, uh, they don't have a great 
sewage systems. Well, and I'd be curious about like, I'm thinking of when I lived in Florida, like when the tide would hit different times, Ooh. like we yeah. lived kind of maybe like a mile from the coast and during different tide times, it would just be sulfur, uh, straight yeah. sulfur, but it was just because of whatever was in the tide. So I'm sure that has something to do with it too. Yep. In Sudan, uh, Sharia law is in effect here. Um, so women can be arrested for public order offenses, such as wearing skirts. Uh, men can be punished for just indecency, which I think is up to their own interpretations. So such as, you know, like attending a fashion show and or wearing makeup. Um, they say that tourists should be very careful. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there's that. And this is just kind of broad stroke Southeastern Asia. So there's like a lot of, there's a ton of churches, a lot of religious influence, a lot of Buddhist temples and locals and tourists are required to cover their shoulders and knees when they're like visiting these kinds of places. Um, And then also just a little side note, having a Buddha tattoo is often seen as disrespectful. So if you have one of these and you're traveling in that area and you're going to go visit one of those places, cover it up. better cover that up. Um, in St. Lucia, uh, camouflage is illegal in several, in several countries. So St. Lucia, along with like Trinidad and Tobago, 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 I say Tobago, but I don't I say know. Tobago. Yeah, that sounds right. Zambia, Zimbabwe, Antigua, Barbados, Jamaica, Grenada, Nigeria, Oman, Saudi Arabia, and the Philippines. Camouflage is illegal in all of those places as well. Um, because it's considered military wear and is therefore illegal to be wearing if you're not an active member of the military. In Greece, in general, heels are not allowed at many of the ancient sites in order to protect anything from tearing or breaking down from the shoes. That just makes sense. Um, There's a place in Knightsbridge, London called Harrods. It's a very fancy like department store that's been around for ages. Um, has a lot of like designer stuff in it and all that. Uh, people are encouraged to dress classy in this department store, even if you're only window shopping. Man. So no sweats and air forces oh. in Shoot. there. Darn it. Rats. Okay. So in uh, Havar, Havar, H-V-A-R. I don't know if the H is silent, Var. but it's a place in Croatia. Public eating and drinking is banned here in an effort to preserve the old city. Um, so hope you have some friends when you go there, (laughs) tourists and tourists walking around in swimwear can be fined up to $670. So how about that? Cover it up. That's what they say. Cover it up. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I wanted to, uh, it's just so interesting how like every culture has their own, own definition of what it is. And just, I don't know. It's always just so interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I agree. Of course, looking up the definition of modesty, since we are talking about it, um, yeah. it is the quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities. Um, and it can also mean, let's see, there's, there's similar definitions here. So the quality of being relatively moderate, limited, or small in amount, rate, or level. Eh. And then behavior, manner, or appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. So that's probably that's, what we are talking about I feel like about that's here. more like what we would, that would be the one. That's, what we would Of course, they to. list that one last. So um, that being said, let me ask you a question, Maria. Okay. 
All right. What did being modest mean to you when you were younger and how did that change or did it change as you grew into an adult? Um, I honestly don't feel like it's changed as I've grown into an adult. Um, I feel like growing up, it was always taught to me out of like a respect type of thing, like respect for yourself and a respect for, like I, I grew up in a home that like it was a very Christian home and um, I kind of grew up with this concept and especially having an older brother um, and not that it's just another man in the house, but, um, but just this concept of like, so you have like brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's like my friend who is, who's also a believer would be like my brother in Christ. Um, and so like, I was always just brought up with kind of like two main thoughts along modesty. Like one was the self-respect of, um, you, your value doesn't come from what you show or what you give out. Like your value comes from who you are. And the second side is this modesty piece of like growing up and living. And it's going to, I feel like it's going to look a little bit different because every single body is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up to like, as a believer being taught that like how I carry, like how I carry myself does have an effect on like other people of faith and other people that I'm around. So um, especially like brothers in Christ where men are just more visual and like women, we can tend to, I'm generally speaking, we can tend to see stuff and it doesn't really do anything for us, but men are incredibly like sexually driven and visual. And, um, like that was just something that was taught to me when I was young. And, um, so just how, how we dress can affect them and kind of like thinking of within modesty that, how I dress does affect other people and could make things hard for them. So that's something that like, um, was always just taught to me growing, um, growing up. And so I would say it stayed pretty much the same. Sometimes it's a little bit funky when fashion changes and you still love it and you're like, Oh man, how do I do this? And still try to be, um, be relative and feel like you're still part of things that adjust and change, but also with this idea of how do I also, have self-respect for myself. And then also how do I look out for like my brothers and like fellow, like just people in general. Like if I'm going to, if I, I, if I'm going to teach Christ and proclaim Christ, I do it with like, with all of my actions, but I think it can be taken to the absolute extreme too, which I know that's a question we'll we have later, <laughs> but, um, but just that general thing, like that's how I was brought up understanding modesty and, and looking at it. So what about you? You know, I was trying to, I was trying to wrap my mind around this. It was like, it was just, okay. So there was a lot of us in my house and it was, I don't know that it was really, okay. If it was, if it was explained the way that you are saying that, like you had it explained to you, like it's a respect thing. And also, you know, you don't want other people to like stumble, whatever. I was not present for this conversation. (laughs) I mean, I might've been physically present, but But, if it was explained uh, in that way, I wasn't mentally there. And, but like the message that I got was like, you're not going to be changing your clothes in front of other people. Like go to your room and change in private, go to a bathroom, you know, whatever, like your, body parts are for you to see 
Yeah. And for a doctor to see, or if your mom who is a nurse and you have injured yourself and she needs to see, that's like, that's that's it. That's all. Yeah. Um, Which still checks out. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't know. I feel like I didn't, I, I missed the memo somewhere where it was like, you're, this can impact other people and affect other people because you and I've had conversations about this before, um, where I think I dressed rather modestly just in general, because I, uh, had a rather low view of self, had a Uh low self-esteem and didn't find myself personally to be very attractive anyway. So it was like, nobody wants to see this. Like (laughs) I'm all good. I'm set, you know, whatever. So it wasn't like I never tried to be super flashy, I guess. And I also just didn't think I had a lot to flaunt anyway. (laughs) So I mean, that was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm not like one of the girls I grew up with, you know, at at school where it was like somebody would just like, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere, they have like this, they are very curvy all of a sudden. And then you're like, like, oh, okay, this sounds bad, (laughs) but I'm just like thinking of a few where I'm like, oh, I totally remember when that happens, but I'm not going to say names because I mean, I'm sure we would probably both be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that person. Remember that? I mean, yeah, there were several people. So it was just like, I don't know. I felt like I just didn't have a super attractive body anyway. So it was like, what, what am I trying to show off? And so that was just kind of like how I viewed things. Yeah. Um, how do you view it now? <laughs> how do I view it now? Yeah. <laughs> how do I view it now? Well, now that I'm in like the best shape I've ever been in, in my entire life, uh, that has changed some, I think, uh, I would say there was a period there where like when I was feeling like really, really good about myself, I kind of like went over the top with trying to like look Mm -hmm. however, I guess, appealing Mm -hmm. to men. And then I don't know. It's like when God starts working on your heart for other things, like I never even prayed about like, Hey Lord, help me figure out a way to, dress and behave as a woman who a man of God would want to pursue. Like I never prayed that prayer. Yeah. It was just, um, I would be like, Lord, fix my heart. Lord, soften my heart. I, you know, want to do X, Y, Z. And I want to find a good partner and I want to, um, I want to, I want to, I want to do this marriage thing right yeah. This is next time around. And I would, I would prefer to never go through a divorce ever again. So hundred percent. how do I do that? And then it was kind of like, just as I was focusing on things like that, like changing my character, getting rid of like my tendency to just like fly off the handle. Cause I had a temper issue and, um, among other things, but like I realized after some time that like, cause I, you know, of course, as you are losing weight and you're getting in shape and your body's, your you body, recomposi- your body is recompositioning itself and all of that as you're getting into shape and stuff. And yeah. like, I bought a bunch of clothes and then first of all, it was like during the pandemic and I'm like, where are you going with this stuff? Like, <laughs> why are we, I like Go. looking at my closet and I'm like, am I, am I going somewhere? Cause I'm I go into the lobby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, going to the lobby to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm going to the couch. Like, <laughs> cool. 
So, but I mean, after a while it was like, I started, I don't know. It's, it's like this, it's like this gut feeling you put some, for me, it was like, if I start, if I put something on and I'm kind of looking at it, like, Hmm, if I have to, if I have to like guess about it or if yeah. it makes me pause for a second, then I immediately take it off, put something else on. Yep. And usually it's putting more on. Yeah. And then <laughs> I don't know. I, I never thought I would be like that. Cause I always thought, you know, honestly, I thought that, um, for a long time, I thought that women who did that were just like, you know, sheltered yeah. and, um, overthinking things like, you know what? It's not your response. Like this is a, I know this is a huge, con- this is a conversation you and I have had. This is like a huge thing, like a huge <clears throat> argument that people have. And, and I see both sides of it because mm-hmm. it's like, I am responsible for myself. I am not responsible for what men do. I'm not responsible for their inability to control themselves or control their own thoughts or whatever. Like I can't be responsible for that. That's not, that doesn't seem realistic. But then on the flip side of that, it's like, okay, yeah, but you have responsibility for yourself. And part of that is honoring God with your body. And so what Mm -hmm. are you doing? How are you, how are you presenting that body? Well, and I think it kind of even goes back to like how like God created men, like men and women mm-hmm. and not saying, I think like, especially when you have your husband, heck yeah. Like show like it, that it's there for that purpose. Like it's fun to feel that way. But like, I think even going back to, oh yeah, uh, I'm going to look spicy for I'm my husband for freaking sure. spicy for my husband. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> like a freaking jalapeno. <laughs> No, Forget what's the jalapenos. I want to be a ghost pepper. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking more habanero for myself. Well, and but... I was like, oh my gosh, you can't see a ghost. Like, no, I shouldn't <laughs> do that. Anyway. <laughs> but my point being. Okay. Yeah. So we're going back to like how God made, like he's, he's made men and women. He's in the garden. He's talking to Adam and he's like, this isn't good for man to be alone. I shall make him a helper. And so I think right, to go back to that, yeah. yeah, to go back to that, there's this aspect of women are created to help men. And so um, if, yes, it's not my job to like control what men think or do all that, but it's my job to help them. And so is, are my actions being helpful or harmful Mm. to, to the men around me? Like just going back to how the very fundamentals of how God made men and women. That's a good question. That's a good question to ask yourself. That's a, do your listeners. (laughs) Um, all right. And well, nope, I'll touch on that later. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm sure, I mean, we've got lots to say. Yeah. Um, let's see. Like, okay. So obviously here in the United States, we have the essentially, you know, with the first amendment, um, we have the right to assemble. We have the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that essentially broadly covers self-expression, which could include dress. So we don't have any like laws in the United States that say you can't Can't wear a bikini through the grocery store. Like we don't have, we don't have anything that says that no shirt, no shoes, no problem. Yeah. I mean, there's some places for health code reasons that you have to wear a shirt and shoes, but like if there's food, you have to wear shoes. Makes sense. But, that's usually like on a local level. But anyway, I'm saying there's no like federal federal law mandates of, yeah. saying that. So um 
that being said, I think what we didn't touch on when I was giving out those tips earlier from other countries was like, there are specific like religions and stuff who mm-hmm. do require this of people of women in particular. It's usually women in particular to be mm-hmm. dressing in, in my opinion, a little bit more of an extreme form of modesty. Yeah. Um, and I guess my question was just like, you know, where do you think that the church has gone wrong in this area? Like, do you think that, I think that this can be touchy because this can in, be really touchy in, in, in the way that, especially if you were raised in church in any kind of church, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel almost like any can, type of religion has some, yes, some element tied to it about and I, modesty, and I, especially and I think, for women. And I think that this part, I'm trying to figure out how to word this the best because I feel like part of it hasn't come from God. It is more of like a mandate, like a man created type of thing, because I think that as a result of some of these types of restrictions on women, that that has created a view of oneself, mm-hmm. like to be negative, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like it, um, I'm, I mean, the question that I have written down is like, essentially like, do you think that some women have been made to like hate our bodies in the name of modesty or to love our question. bodies in the name of like being scandalous? I, well, I think it's been, I think, yes, but then I also think that we can attach culture to it because I feel like culture celebrates um, scandalousness. And so we see that as love. Yeah. And then I feel like culture like mocks and shames modesty. So we see that as shameful and something not to be associated with Um, as far as like, if like letting cultural influences speak, um, Cause oftentimes, like you mentioned it before, like dressing to get a man's attention. And so it's like, we're going to feel love. We're going to feel more seen. We're going to feel like our like initial feelers will tend to have like emotional hits off of that, like dopamine responses. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's going to feel like love, but it's more, it's lust, not love, which is, I think a big difference. But I think on when you were talking about, um, like, has it taken to the extremes? It was reminded of this um, time I was in college and my, it was a sociology of religion class. And originally my college wasn't going to offer it because they didn't want to defer anybody from, from their religion, but they started to de- Did I say defer? Yeah. Deter. Man, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> deter anybody away from their religion, but they offered it as part of, and I had my mind was culture anthropology. So, um, but we had to study a religion different than ours for an entire semester. We had to go, okay. We had to go multiple times. It was like minimum five times to like their places of worship. We had to interview the leaders. We had to interview people. Like it was a whole semester long project. So I picked Islam. Um, so that, and that's one of the things the professor said, he's like, pick something that's different. He's like, if you're a Christian, no, he's like, don't pick Catholicism. So that's kind of the base behind it. Um, so I picked Islam. And so, it was really interesting. Um, so I, uh, in this particular situation, I like, I would sit with, I'm a woman, so I would sit with the women all the time and I would be, be with the women. And I, even going in, I had to be, even as a believer who I try to dress modestly, I still had to be even like extra aware of what I wore, um, going into the mosque. And, um, 
I, in one of my interviews, I was talking with one of these women, she was sweet and, um, she was completely, completely covered head to toe. All you could see were her eyes. And oh, so she had like a, burka. she had the full, yeah. full fledged. I mean, you couldn't, you could not see your hands. You could not see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we got, well, we went into a room and so it was just us women. And when it was just us women, she took off her her burqa, she was, or I'm not sure what the official name is, yeah. but she said, and then she kind of explained, she was like, when I'm home, I'm not like this. Well, it's when I'm out in public. Um, and then she's like, and so this, and this, I don't know if this is, this is just a one person scenario, sure. but, but it was just the, the interview that kind of like stood out. She was like, when I'm home, my husband sees me as, as me, but when I'm out in public, it's my job to protect my brothers. And so it was like this really interesting thing, just thinking about what I had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm of, of what does that look like? Cause that's like, I feel like a very extreme side, but I get the heart behind it of, of what that looks like. Um, but she's like, no, when I'm home, like, it's just me. Like my husband sees me as me, but it's me for him, not necessarily for everyone else to partake in. Um, so it was just a really interesting interview and, um, it made me think, and not necessarily the church, but I'm thinking like religion as a whole, mm-hmm. like sometimes I think it can get taken like to the extremes, but it's that, it's that weird piece where sometimes I think like when you're in it, it might not feel extreme to you because you so in your core believe it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think that's also that that's also gets touchy where that's one of those touchy subjects too, of like what's, um, like quote unquote suppression versus, versus freedom. But I think this aspect of, um, true freedom is having the ability to do and choosing not to. Yeah. I think that's the big key. And it's not that like, Oh, you don't have an option, but it's that, um, yeah, you have the freedom to make a decision where what you want, but you choose to go the other, the other route. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's interesting. It was just really interesting. It made me think of, it made me think of that. So that was a very interesting project. I learned a lot. Yeah. I'll say, well, I think kind of, I guess I'll, I'll go to this question because yeah. it's, it's really similar. And we kind of touched on this just a little bit ago, but it's like, you know, what's the difference between, what's the difference between self-expression and being confident in your own body and, you know, contrasting that with modesty? Like, do you think that the two can exist alongside each other? hundred percent. How so? How so? <laughs> Cause I think. I think confidence comes from within and is an external thing, like true, genuine confidence. Yeah. And it comes from um, a spot of knowing who you are and knowing that you're valued and you don't have to um, be less than what you are or give away things that you don't want to give away or settle for things you don't want to settle. But like you in and of yourself are, you're, you're settled, you're established. And I think that's true confidence. And so I think that can go hand in hand with mod, like with modesty. I think it can also on the flip side, you can see people who like, I'm just thinking generally speaking, you can see people who are look and appear incredibly, incredibly confident, but they are just chaos inside. So I think that like that on the flip side, I think the other can, can also exist. Too. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and I think it boils down to just like what, um, like if you're convicted by it. So it's like, I know that there's, there's some stuff out there on social media, which we'll get to just here in a second, but like socials, I know that, 
But there's like, I mean, there's, I think it, it, we were talking about, you know, each person's different. Like, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, you know, what do you feel like if you feel convicted about something, yeah. which does, which is, there's a difference between conviction and shame. 100%. And so conviction is just, you're recognizing that there's an issue because we serve a God of conviction, not condemnation. Condemnation brings shame and shame tells you that you are something or that you are not something and conviction is essentially a form of accountability that the homie spirit yeah. prompts prompts within you. And so um thinking of for example, um I like wanna say put you and I on blast. Go ahead. But we're going to. Like you, you, and, you and I yeah. are not large topped ladies. So Yes, I um yep. That's but, not the case for me. So, uh, like a I'm not well endowed. <laughs> a V-neck shirt's yep. not okay. This is just throwing. I'm, this is terrible examples, but this is what's coming to me. Like this talking about like everybody's different. Like there might be shirts that we could wear that someone who is large chested absolutely could not wear, and like that's something that looks very different. Or that's true. you know, like just even things like that. Or there might be there are some dresses I cannot wear because they look like shirts on me because. <laughs> I like, You're I'm just tall. long. So it's that like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's cute. That might be in style, but you're going to see all of me in that. And so I don't get the option to, <laughs> to wear that or not. So that's what I'm thinking about. Even too, everybody is different. Right. Like some people can wear things that you just might not, you shouldn't. Sorry. Your body's built a bit, a bit different, which takes a level of self-awareness, self-awareness, hundred percent. So there's a difference between that too. I know that there's, um, okay, well, we'll just, Hop to the next question. Oh, that sorry. I have for you. Well, do you, oh, can I ask? Do uh, you want me to ask? Uh, yeah, you can. Ask can. Ask. Yeah, I go ask ahead. Because I want to pick your I know, brain. I've about asked it a too. lot of questions, haven't I? I'm going to pick your brain. I'm going to pick it. Okay. Okay. Is there a difference in. Whoa. <laughs> sorry. It's very intense. Well, no, the cat just meowed by my cat foot. That just walked <laughs> sorry, up. it just threw me. It's okay. Um, so, is there a difference between the outward appearance of modesty and biblical modesty? <sighs> Peter talks about uh, not adorning the outside, but versus adorning the hidden person of the heart. Uh, well, I mean, a difference between the outward appearance of modesty and biblical modesty. I don't think so. I don't think there's too much of a difference. No. I think they affect each other. Yeah. I think the inside affects the outside. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree with that because I think that it's your, it's your heart position. So I think that if, if you are modest in your heart, which just basically is just another way of saying that you are a humble person or you are, you know, not somebody who is arrogant or thinks too much of yeah. themselves or is vain or whatever, then you're going to tend to lean toward your outward appearance being more modest. Mm -hmm. I would think. Well, and there's this interesting thought, and I can't remember the scripture reference right now. I want to say it is, nope, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think it's in like Second Peter, but I don't think it is. But it is um, where it's, um, charm, is, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she should be praised. That's probably Proverbs. I was going to say, that sounds like Proverbs 31 something. 
Um, that sounds like Byron's a gonna, Byron's going to pull that up. But anyways, this concept, and I think this is too, um, well, scripture also says that, um, yes, cool. Physical training is good, but what's even better is training our Proverbs 3130. Let's right. go. Charm is deceitful. Look, look at, at you learning. Okay. Okay, guys, I'm able to like pull out some scripture. Okay, let's go. It was nowhere near second Peter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Meryl with the wind. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And then I'm also thinking of where um, we're just talking about um, like how important like taking care of your inside is. Mm. And it's um, this is I want to say is in Corinthians. Don't don't quote me on it. I'm all for one start. right now. Um, but we, it's we ba- know better than we know better than to do that. Uh, but this idea it says like physical training is good. But like godly training is better because like that lasts for forever. And so this concept of like, yes, it is good to take care of that. But if our inside, if our soul is not taken care of, like our physical isn't going to like the physical side like fades like point blank. It really does. Yeah. And we get old, like all that. But what our inside, if you have, you have you even met someone who's older and like, they are just beautiful. Like there's people you come into contact with too. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, like. It works. I think it's really true. Like true beauty is from the inside. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is just, that's a byproduct of, um, you know, when you ask, okay, <laughs> it wasn't in Corinthians. It was in first Timothy. Timothy. All right. Sheesh. Well, well, thanks Byron. Thanks Byron. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> she's over two. I know it's in the Bible. All right. Yeah. See, that's usually my line. <laughs> like, I know it's go. somewhere in there. Um, But uh, what I was thinking about was like, you know, something that is a byproduct of you asking the Lord to like work on your heart or Mm. to change things about you to be more like him, to reflect Mm -hmm. more of his character in your personality and how you are and how you operate in your day to day. Like it is so fascinating. Like this is a journey that I have been on over the past few years. Um, being a prodigal kid and just coming back um, to my faith is it has been so fascinating to see the things that used to interest me, the things that used to excite mm-hmm. me, the things that I used to want to do and how I have no desire You're like, <laughs> whatsoever uh... to do the things that I was doing yeah. or participating in. And part of that involved like the way that I dressed like, and, and a lot of times for me, for example, like I knew that like for a while I, the way that I dressed was a reflection of kind of like, okay, there's stuff going on like internally and people aren't going to see that. And a lot of times I know that a lot of people are like, Meryl, I've never seen you dress like a skank or something like, you know, Whoa. (laughs) well, I haven't used that word since like the early two thousands. Skank late 90s. Look it up. It's a good one. So um anyway, don't yeah, I really like that. No, I really don't think I've heard that word in years. <laughs> so, but I that's the best word I could come up with for the moment. That's um, great. But it, it was it's like, you know, I, I would have people be like, I don't think you ever dressed inappropriately, or I don't think you really ever, you know, did that. But then like, but I know. Like when I look back at like older photos of myself and, you know, stuff like that, where I was like, oh, why, why, why did you go and do that, Meryl? 
Like, and, and you can just tell. So it's like, you know, you just, my point is that it's cool that just how you change over there over, over time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you allow God to do that, um, in your heart. But um, speaking of social media, we need to talk about it. Yeah, we do. Because this, so, this was going to be about that and social I, media. You and I, Maria, we are millennials. Yeah, we are. Praise be. Look at God. We are a super blessed generation. Yeah, I love And I generation. hate to say that. I know everyone who is not a millennial, they hate us because they ain't us. They hate us because they ain't us. Because we had both. We, we have had both. Yes. Life. We know what it was like with and without the internet. And- we know what life was like, even, you know, with, with internet, but no social media. Yeah. Like, I mean, so we know what it was like to just be on the internet and like looking around at stuff, downloading music illegally yeah. and whatever. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. What we all did before, before social media mm-hmm. came around. So it's like, we, we knew all these, we knew what it was like before that too. And so we knew what it was like before cell phones. And I vividly even remember having a conversation of like, why is there internet? Like we have phone books. Anyways, like who's going to want to like go look up something? We're waiting like 10 minutes for dial up. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that being said, as a millennial, how do you think that social media has had an impact on one's personal view of modesty? Oh, okay. You ready? I'm ready. I want to hear. So I think, I think that we, um, I think we are becoming addicted to dopamine hits from social media and all I, the short form content, the short form content, all that. But I also think it goes into affects how women and men view themselves. I say women cause this, we are the bold women, women podcast and we have women and we're women experience. and we have women experience. So, um, I think that there is this piece where you kick uh, me one more time. If, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should sit on the other corner of the table. Maybe. Maybe I'll try it next time. <laughs> Okay, moving oh. on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just you minding my business. I'm just minding my business over here. And she oh. just like randomly keeps kicking me. I'm well, with her gangly legs. So, I, excuse you. Anyway, moving anyways, on. Moving on. So, I think we have this like addiction to <laughs> dopamine. And I think we also have this addiction or this idea where we we have more so than ever people who are longing to be famous than they are longing to be faithful than longing to be um, like finding careers, like that's like a career people are saying that they mm. want to do is I want to be famous. Like they don't care what it's yes. for. They just want to be famous. And so what are things that are, that people are seeing that, um, that get the likes that get, you know, get the comments that get the, the dopamine hits and they're the going to be things that get you attention that are going to tend to be more scandalous things that are going to tend to be more, um, the surface level, the validation. surface level validation things. And I even had a conversation with a friend. Um, this was months and months ago. Um, but he was saying the same thing. Cause he was, he was kind of going through and talking about what, like, like what to post, what, what not to post, but he, um, uh, he's in great shape, but he even said, he's like the pictures that I post where I don't have a shirt on, I get more likes just as a man. And he was like, um, just like, just that in and of it, like in and of itself, he's like, it just gets more like, and he's like, there's more comments. There's more people that, you know, just all these different things that flood into it. So I think social media has distorted, um, distorted how we, how we view modesty. And I think we're so, we're so addicted to short-term hits, short-term likes that 
we see that and we see that as being successful. So mm-hmm. it, it rubs off on us and we, we deem that as successful and okay because of the reaction that we get and cause it quote unquote feels nice. Yeah. Not to mention, not to mention, not like to mention the giant comparison trap that you, that yeah. anybody and everybody falls into like, you know, I mean, you just start comparing yourself with like these yep. freaking influencers or whatever. And they, you know, they have all these followers and they yep. have all this, you know, they get paid to post stuff. They get free stuff because they have so many followers and, you know, people want that lifestyle cause it seems easy or whatever. And then, um, you know, and it's like, and people pick up, especially young girls pick up on, I mean, even me in my thirties, I'm like looking yeah. at this and I'm like, I want to look, like look like that. I will. If I posted that stuff, I would have 10,000 followers too. Okay. Um, but it's, it's so, it's so, it can get so bad. Like it's just, cause then you start just looking at it and you're like, and half the time it's, um, okay. So one thing just as like a dating thing that I have found to be funny that some of my girlfriends and I laugh about is um, where guys will be like, I just really, um, I like natural women, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, Oh, natural. Really? And then you go and look and see the accounts that they follow. And it's women with fake breasts, fake lips, fake noses, fake butts, and they're loving all their pictures. They're commenting flame emojis and all this stuff. And it's like that, you, you know, that's not, and not to mention the photos are all filtered and Photoshopped and everything. And it's like, Oh, you like natural women. Okay. Got it. I think there's also this might veer topic a little bit, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to do it. Okay. Well, but it's going to, I mean, it's going to be on the topic, but right. I think it just, even the aspect of social media, I think it's also, um, the wild or the, yeah, the widely accepted use of porn has, uh, greatly affected that as Ugh, well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, for sure. you have men who, um, and there is help and there is freedom in that. So if you are listening and that's something that you like can't break and can't get out of, like it's everywhere. Women struggle with look. that too. Women struggle with it too. Yeah. It is everywhere. So I'm, that's why I'm like, no shame. Like I have so many friends who are like now free from it, who have battled, I mean all that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there is this distorted view where women now feel that they have to meet that because um, yes. in, in the developmental side of what, is what gets men off is these fake women. Yeah. And so, um, it just like that constant feeling of like, I'm never going to, I just kicked you, um, that I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to be that woman. So I have to create that woman. Mm -hmm. And so I think that has woven into everyday society as well. And, um, either create that woman or create the appearance, the appearance of that woman. Um, and that's what, and that, and it's this false idea of like, that's what women are. And, um, so I think, um, porn is horrifically deadly to just true relationship and connection. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's my two cents on that. I saw, I did see a reel the other day. It was really funny and it was talking about like the Muppets and it was like, Hey, um, can you come get your women? Like, this is what they actually look like now. And it was like, <laughs> it was like thick eyelashes and big <laughs> lips. It just made me laugh. The giant lips. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, okay, let's see. What's but, another um, good question? Or do oh. you want to? Well, I was thinking of 
of this one. And I think, well, we kind of talked to you about the biblical modesty, but how do you think we can teach others about biblical modesty? Or what would be, I think one of the tips you said that was a couple things you've said that have been really great is like, if you feel convicted of it, if you put it on and you're like, ah, I'm just not sure. Or that idea of like, yeah, how is this going to affect somebody else or of like, I don't, I don't care. Like I'm not preferring someone else over myself like that kind of idea. Yeah. This is a hard one. That's a hard one because each person is going to be, is going to think differently about it. And each one is going to be convicted to a different level. Mm -hmm. Like I know that even in our dress, like you and I like differ, we we are very different in, in, in what, in what I am like, okay with wearing and what you're okay with wearing. Yeah. Um, and so, and scenarios too, like what scenario I'm in is drastically yeah, different too. for yeah. what I will wear. Yeah, for sure. But like teaching other people about biblical modesty, and this is where I think the church has gone wrong with that is okay. just like, tell me about it. Well, I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier where it was basically talking about really allowing, allowing the Holy spirit to guide you in that area mm-hmm. and to be praying on it and to be, making more of a conscious effort, I guess, in, in thinking about, you know, not just yourself, like, Mm -hmm. sure. You want to look pretty sure you want to look attractive, but like, I don't know. It's, if you don't have like a close relationship with God, then you're not going to, you're not going to get those promptings. So I guess the best way to look at that would just be, you know, does this like what what are what's the reason like why am I wearing why am I this? Yeah. Why am I wearing this? Like what's the purpose like what is the intended um reaction or response, yeah. I guess, that I am aiming to get with this outfit or whatever. Yeah. Um I think can I tag on to that a little sure. bit? Sure. And I and I can just I can feel the haters. I can just feel the comments like, oh my gosh, you're so brainwashed. Oh my gosh, why do you care about what other people think? Well, guess what? You know what? (laughs) It's okay to have morals in the area of dress. It is okay to want to consider how the way you dress makes other people feel. So hater beans, that's for you. Well, and I think along that too, there's this side and this kind of like, (laughs) got a little fired up there first. Okay. But the side of like, well, men, men should control their eyes. Cool. They're trying. They they're should. really trying. They should and they can. And, and, and they should trying. do the best to their ability. But help, like, don't make it hard for them. Like, I have you're guy friends, making it incredibly hard. I have guy friends who I know say, like, they're, if they aren't there, like, say, at the gym with a friend, their eyes are on the floor. Because, or they're on the ceiling. And because they are that committed to their spouse or fiance or girlfriend or whatever. And they're like, it's just best if I do that. I keep my headphones on and I'm either looking at the floor or I'm looking at the ceiling and I'm not doing anything else. Well, and I think a couple of things to tag onto what you just said. And this, this kind of goes for believers and non-believers. And then I want to touch on the believer side a little bit more, just because that's, uh, that's what we are. But from the non-believer side, you mentioned earlier, like what's the why, um, if you want to, like, 
if you want a man who, if our deepest, our deepest, deepest desire as women, and God made it that way, is that like we long, like we have longings, like we want to be cherished by a man. And yes. so like that is deeply woven within us. And so whether you're a believer or non-believer, that's just how we are. And so um, sometimes when we we feel like we're being cherished, but we're actually just being lusted after. And so that's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this piece, if you want true intimacy and true um, tr- being truly cherished, like he's not going to want you for your mind if you're giving him everything ahead of time. That's right. Um, so just, just that, like just that little piece of, you are not, you are not Costco. You're not you Costco need to give out free samples. No. And, uh, <laughs> and just that side of, um, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those like men truly are willing to, to kind of like get to know you and want to know you and, and, and those things that's in them too, without having to have all the other stuff up front first. Um, uh, good men are, I should rephrase that. Um, yeah, the good ones, the good ones are so, and then, um, tackling onto, um, back to believers too, there's something I think so beautiful about like when you, um, especially like within Christianity, it's, it's monogamy. You are married to one person your whole life. And I think there's this beautiful side where, and I am not a man, but if you, um, you are a man and you can like want to comment on this and be like, yes, that's right. Or Marie, you got it totally wrong. But I think there's this part where like men are so proud of their wives and they don't want to share that with other men. Like that's yeah. theirs. Like that's their wife. And that, um, I'm not saying like we were talking like, we're about to be spicy for our husbands. Like, heck yes. But like, that's for him. And yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, it's not his job to have to share that or try to compete with other men for that, 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 that's, that's like, you are his pride and his joy. And, um, like taking, I don't know, taking a little bit of like self pride in that of like, no, like this is his and like he wants it. It's for him. And that doesn't mean you can't, you know, yeah. wear a tank top, but like, yeah, we're not, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not saying we're, that, but again, I'm just saying like, again, haters, we're not saying that we are telling everyone to like wear turtlenecks in July. A cute and- <laughs> turtleneck's cute though. In the winter, you get a cute turtleneck with a little, but you know what I mean? Yeah, we're no, not, we're not saying yeah. that. And we're not saying don't ever wear makeup because that's sometimes where it's been taken to. It's been taken to the extremes of you can't wear makeup, you can't wear pants, you have to wear, you can't do your hair, you can't, like that's, Listen. scripture so much is within context and so many things within scripture are taken out of context. Yes. So if you need help navigating scripture, find a like, find a pastor to help you navigate that or we can try to help. So- but yeah, just I think there's something so beautiful about like um a man not feeling like he has to share your most intimate pieces with the rest of the world that are supposed to be for him. Yeah, and and to anyone who, you know, doesn't necessarily wherever you're at in in your spectrum of your relationship with God, whether you are close to him, far away, have a relationship with him and call him your Lord and Savior, or you don't, and if you lean more towards, like, you don't necessarily, but you're kind of just, like, you know, trying to figure out you're on this spiritual journey or whatever. It's like, um, trying to figure out how I wanted to say this. 
but I'm losing my train of thought. So that's fun. That's fun. Well, I can, I really, really liked what we have here. I had something lined no, up too. It it's was okay. So good and I lost it. It's all right. Uh, it'll come back. To it'll me. come I hope, back. I hope well, four times up. Um, I'm going to read this and read as it. we're kind of starting to wrap up and then hopefully that'll come back, Go ahead. Yeah. come back in there. So this is just kind of a general, this is a, a general thought. It's from the gotquestions.org, but it's, I don't know. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you find yourself further like away from the Lord in your journey, I know so, you know, just being single for the time that I have been single, it is incredibly difficult yeah. out there. It is. And it's 100%. the, it looks really freaking bleak. There are a lot of really shallow people out there mm-hmm. and, Oftentimes you're getting burned by one man right after another because the grass is always freaking greener and there's always something better um, lined up, you know. Thanks, social media. If you don't want to Netflix and chill, cool, I'll find somebody else to do that with me and they'll take care of whatever. And it makes you feel Mm -hmm. like crap. Yeah. And it feels like crap. And then it's like, oh, so if I have to cover everything up and I don't, you know, I have to hide my body or, you know, not be super over the top with my physical appearance. That's not what we're saying necessarily. It's you, you, that's between you and God, like how you physically dress and all of that is between you and God. And like that you should be doing dressing and making up yourself based on your personal convictions and how you feel. And, but so I say all that to say, it's like, there's, there's so much crap to wade through. There's so much crap as a single person to wade through. But like, all I can say is there are good, there are good men out there. There are good men. There are good women out there. Yes. There are, there are men that are willing that are, that, that want, are, that's that, what they that want. Are, yeah. That are, that are all about what we are saying. They're probably mm-hmm. in their cars. If they're listening to this and they're like, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yes. And there are women that are like, yeah, that's the lifestyle I want. And mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. It'll, it'll happen. I just wanted to say that because it's like, so good. it feels like, you know, we can talk about this and it's so easy to like say and preach from our little perches or whatever, but Hey, yeah. I'm walking through this too, man. Yeah. And sometimes no, it feels same. like it's really same. freaking hard. It's really freaking hard. And it's, I, you know, I've, I've dealt with that too, where it's like, Oh, well, cool. If I just looked like, <clears throat> that little trollop over there, then, you know, maybe that guy would have asked for my number that night or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, cool. Well then how shallow am I for just thinking about that? That it's like, I knew what that guy wanted anyway. So that was something that I, even after my divorce that I struggle and to this day, it will still try to creep in. If I just looked different, he would have stayed. I mean, like that was a hundred percent because it's like definitely one of the things I struggle with. too. I still do. Yeah. And it's just one of those that like, I even had a breakdown moment just a couple months ago about it. And it was like, oh my gosh, Marie, you've been divorced for like five years, but it's still one of those, like some of those things. Me, 24 hours ago. I was crying this morning. <laughs> there you go, guys. I have been on a See, roller coaster. Guys, like we're like, we're literally not, we're uh, our heart in this is not to sit here and tell you what to do. It's like, yeah. we're walking through this. Those deep feelings those deep of feelings rejection of, and, yeah. the, and, the, and the fear of rejection just because of something like the way that you dress. Mm-hmm. Or the way that you wear makeup, the way that you carry yourself, fear of that. I mean, that's very real. Very, very real. And it's difficult because at the same time, your rational mind is going, you don't want men that are like that anyway. You don't want men that are really going to dismiss you because you, you know, 
aren't throwing yourself at him. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not what we want. And so, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well then where are the good ones? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's that, I, Oh, I've been struggling with that so much lately. And so Mm -hmm. that's just been like a huge, um, thing that's been on my heart and it's been driving me up the wall and it's a serious struggle that I have. So if you are relating to this, great. Yeah. Great. Cause I'm right here with you. Yeah, we are. We in this with y'all for real, for real. Yeah. So not to cut you off, but was no, there, what that was, was great. I was just going to read this little part and I think it kind of sums up everything okay. really well before we close out. Go for um, it. And it just says physical appearance is important to God and that it reveals the glory of his creative abilities. So we should appreciate the beauty God has given us as his most complex and amazing creation. In ways we cannot understand, we reflect his own beauty. Mm. God places some value on appearance. If he did not, we would not all look the same. We would all look the same. It's not mm-hmm. wrong thing for us to like notice and appreciate physical appearance as well. Like we're, so we're all attracted to different things. Like, like because we can see beauty in it. Like every culture has beauty. Every person has, like you can find something beautiful about everybody. Yes. It says, but it should be remembered that God judges our hearts, not our physical appearance. That's from first Samuel 16, seven. It is the inner man that is an even greater creation. We have souls that will never be destroyed that live on forever in heaven or hell. Our hearts too are capable of so many thoughts and feelings, reflections of the complexities of God. We should not fall into the trap of believing that our looks are to be a source of pride or envy Our true beauty should come from inside, not from fleshly beauty that the world judges us on. In 1 Peter 3, 3 through 5, Peter tells us that their beauty should come, tells wives that their beauty should come from outward adornment, such as should not come. She should not come from (laughs) outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, which is an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Which doesn't mean you have to be quiet. That's not what it's. And that's meaning. not. And that's also not to say that you can't wear jewelry, fine clothes. Yeah, I'm like I w- and have your hair nice or braided or whatever. That's not what that's, that's saying. That's not what that's saying. It's saying what's more important is what's going on on the, the inside. inside. Exactly. Um. So it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Mm-hmm. For th- in, this is the way the holy women of past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. Oof. Our outward appearance should not be our focus. If the reason we try to have the, to be the perfect weight, wear the best clothes, have facial treatments, etc., is to impress other people, then our physical appearance has become a matter of pride. Mm. We should be humbly aware of our appearance rather than acting to conform to the world's standards. Matthew 23, 12 says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We must watch out for anything that draws us away from God, including the too often extreme emphasis that the world places on appearance. God does not want us to love this world or anything of it, 1 John two fifteen, And we are not to think as the world does, which is in Romans 12, 2. God has shown us his own amazing power and beauty and love in an incredibly diverse creation. We should be humble, not committing idolatry and worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Colossians 3, 5. So that's from gotquestions.org. And I feel like that just, I feel like that just sums it up. There it is. Should have just read that. I should have cut cut out the podcast. That's, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all, man. Sheesh. Oh, that's so good. That was so good. Guys, thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know what? what? Be sure to check out our website at www.boldco.studio where you can learn more about us or stream episodes from there if you don't have a preferred platform that you use already. 
You can email us with thoughts, questions, comments, or if there's a topic you'd like for us to discuss at info at boldco.studio. Be sure to like and rate us on whatever streaming platform you found us on. And finally, give us a follow on Twitter at Bold Women Co. We're on Instagram at boldwomen.podcast. We have a YouTube channel. It's the Bold Women Podcast. And um, yeah, I mean... Subscribe, subscribe, hit whatever, there. hit whatever bell you need to do for notifications and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're out of here. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Bye.